Hello, PodFam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? I am doing good, Laura. We are just entering into a four-day-long weekend, and I am feeling so good about it because I was... I was going to combust if I had to work for one more day. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, and the thing is, we thought we were going into a three-day weekend. I know. It's so much better I know. Now. And then surprise, surprise. We're like, no, take Monday too. And I was like, oh, bless your souls. <laughs> yeah. We're going shopping. Yes. We're going to get some sleep. We're going to have a great weekend, and I can't oh, wait. Neither yeah. can I. But for this evening, what are you drinking? I have my maple cinnamon waffles tea again because it's been a while since I've had it. Oh, that's fun. But I didn't I didn't ask how you were doing. Oh, how am I doing? Um, we'll get into it for for the episode. <laughs> so mm-hmm. don't right. don't worry. I'll let everyone know how I'm doing. But it's so relevant to the topic tonight that um yeah, I'll 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 hold my piece over here. Sounds good. Well, what are you having to drink? Ah, well, I'm, I've got a new tea. I don't know if I've had this one on the pod yet. And it is a honey ginger latte. Oh, that is different. Yeah. You've had a latte like that, but it's not the honey ginger. Yeah, this one's a little bit different. It looks really gross if you look at it in the jar because it's all like clumpy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's a uh, black tea mixed with like uh, ginger, and then it has bee pollen in it and a little bit of honey. So yeah, Aww. yeah, it's kind of a cool tea. Um, it's an interesting flavor. I like it, but I always forget that I have it. Um, and I was kind of looking for something a little bit different tonight and uh, out came the jar. So yeah, that's what I'm having. You're shaking it up today. Yes, I am. Well, why don't you lead us into what we're going to be talking about today? Because um we needed this episode, guys. Oh my god. This <laughs> this episode could not have picked a more perfect week. And yeah. you know, if you obviously saw the title, we're going to be talking about managing and dealing with unrealistic expectations of ourselves oh. and of other people. Oof. And Oof. this episode will be posted on time. However, Mm -hmm. this episode is not being recorded when it should have been recorded because Mm -hmm. yesterday when Rachel and I should have sat down to do this, um, I for one was definitely throwing myself a little pity party for one and you, Rachel, were also throwing yourself a pity party for one and then we called each other and that pity party became a party for two (laughs) and for about three or four hours, actually. Yes, like, uh, it was just, it was just a freaking day. It's been a week, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we just needed a day to throw ourselves little pity parties, and we're feeling better. Rachel, I know, like, it was like both kind of like personal body issues. For we've us. been spiraling ever since last episode. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, so I guess I'll kind of, <laughs> I'm going to jump off because it, it kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, so if you guys listened to last week's episode, I shared my skin journey. And at the end, I told everyone that I'm currently on uh, my second week of tretinoin. And this mm-hmm. was the uh, gel that a dermatologist had described. <laughs> described to me, prescribed to me. I wish she had described Mm -hmm. it to me a little bit better Um, Mm -hmm. because like my skin has just been breaking out like crazy and it's red, it's flaky, Mm -hmm. it hurts. And I was doing so well before. So like Mm. I've just been kind of throwing myself a little pity party because my skin was doing so well and now it's like awful. Um, Mm. And like my boyfriend, oh, God love him. Uh, he mm. was just being like so supportive. He's just like, oh, you're so beautiful. Like, don't put on makeup. You're so nice. And you look great. And I, w- I just at the time, I didn't need someone to tell me I looked good. I just needed yeah. someone to listen and just go mm-hmm. like, hey, Laura, that really sucks. And I wanted to be like, I know. So you were mm-hmm. kind of my person for me yesterday over that where I was just, I was just <laughs> like, listen, I don't need advice. I don't need you to tell me I look pretty. I just need to tell you how I feel. And you're going to tell me, wow, that really sucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know how you feel. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that was kind of the day yesterday. And Rachel, I know you were having your own little issue and you need me to be that yeah. person. So I hope I was that person for you. And um, 
Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Well, see, my thing is, is like I needed a woman. Yes. To talk to. And I mean, I know we're going to like touch on what our issues <laughs> later this episode, but you know, since you went into yours, I'll go into mine. But, um, you know, a large percentage of our audience is women. And so I feel like you guys will kind of understand where I'm coming from. But birth control has always been a very difficult thing for me. You know, we touched on it a bit last week, Mm -hmm. but originally I was on the less birth control pill and I had breakthrough bleeding like the entire time. So my period would be two weeks long. So obviously that wasn't working. Right. Then I went on tricycline low, did the same thing. It kind of worked for about three months and then it started again because the balance of the hormones was just – it was too low for me. Mm -hmm. I needed something higher. And then I went on tricycline, which you were on as well. And it worked great except for the fact that it gave me hormonal migraines. Yep. (laughs) And then I went off of it and we've talked about it. I think we talked about it in an episode that we did way, way early on if you guys want to go listen to that. But, you know, I went off that birth control pill around the same time that you did because it went – was discontinued. <laughs> yeah, we literally couldn't get it anymore. <laughs> you literally couldn't get it. And then um, my post-birth control issue was bacne. Oh, right. If you remember I that. Do. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do. And, like, it was kind of – I've never really experienced that before. And it was, like, all over the place. And it was so, so difficult to deal with. And then it kind of went away. And then without testing me, my naturopath put me on a kind of estrogen balancer, herbal remedy, whatever, pill um, to try to get rid of my headaches and to help with the bacne. And it was working. It was great. And then um, that pill that I was on was on back order. (laughs) So they decided, all right, well, this is another brand. That is kind of the same thing. You can go on this one. My headaches got way worse. And I was like, okay, I need to get off of that. And I did. And then going off of that, guess what happened after that? What happened? I started to have ovulation spotting. Great. So every single time I would ovulate, I would bleed for two days. Not bleed like spot, but it's still bleeding. Mm -hmm. For two days, if not more. And then because it was so difficult to see my doctor last summer and it kind of just got thrust upon me. Um, I had an IUD put in two months after that started happening without any testing or anything of what was going on. And they were like, oh, no, no, that should regulate. That should regulate, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's kind of what the IUD does. Anyway, the one that I am on is the Kylina IUD, which is basically like the lowest – you know, it's like the one – it's the lowest dose of hormones. that you can get for a hormonal IUD. So I went on that. And they're like, no, 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 it'll regulate in three to six months. You'll stop spotting and stuff. Um, it's now been over six. We're actually on my eighth month. I was going to say, it's been like almost now. nine months now, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I will have a period and then it will last maybe eight to ten days. Of just, you know, usually the sixth to tenth day is just like little spotting. Mm-hmm. And then it'll go away. And then I'll spot at ovulation again Great. for two or three days. Great. Um, and I think that it's increased by stress because it's a very stressful time at work right now because we work in the finance industry and I'm heavily involved on the taxes side. So we all are having a great time with that right now. So I'm very stressed out. I'm pretty sure I've been spotting more days this month than I have not been spotting. And that's just so frustrating, right? Like, yes. I don't know. Because I don't. You don't know what's going on. And it's not something you can just like control. You don't just slap a band aid on that one. I know. And then it will go away for a bit. And then you go to the bathroom and like, you know, when you can tell your period's about to start. So it's like a little pink or whatever. And then I'll notice that again. And I'm like, well, fuck. (laughs) Like, is it just going to start up again? Is this just one of those like fake, like, you know, it might happen, but it's just like a false alarm. So I did take some action steps and I did uh, book an appointment with my doctor to go see her because I'm like, I can't do this. And I also found a great chain because there's no information out there beyond the, oh, it'll regulate in three to six months. But it was 
other women talking about their experience where, you know, like mine almost seems reasonable. Like there are people that out there that were like, oh, I've been bleeding like every day since I got it. And that's just terrible because they just kind of put you on it. And now that I think back about the fact that LS and tricycline low didn't work for me because of the low dosage of hormones. So now I'm like, did I just get put on basically the LS of IUDs by my doctor who knew that the low dosage doesn't work for me? So yeah, we're going to go see my doctor. Most likely they're just going to refer me to a gynecologist and um, that's going to take about three to four months. Uh, So yeah. It's great, and I just needed to talk to you so that you could be like, yes, that fucking sucks, and I'm sorry, and um, we can cry together because I I just – I honestly just cracked yesterday because, you know, even my naturopath was like, oh, it'll regulate. Like everyone kept telling me it was going to regulate, so each month if it was like a good month where maybe it was only one or two days of spotting, I was like – okay, like it's regulating where this month it's just been so much of it that I was just like, I just, I just hit that low where I was like, I don't think it's going to do what you are telling me constantly it's going to do. And that was really hard to go through yesterday because it was just like, I don't know. I feel like it's, um, it's something that you feel like, I'm like, oh, I could live with it. I could live with it. But it's like, am I just telling that to myself? Because, you know, women have been socialized to be like, oh, periods are just part of life and, you know, you can live with it. Yeah, I have to agree with you 100% on that. Like we are so programmed just to be like, oh, just put up with it. It's fine. It's fine. Like brush it off, walk Mm -hmm. it off. You know, it's whatever. We're really a lot of these problems that we deal with. We don't have to live with them, you know, like no, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it might take some time to figure out what is wrong and what that fix is going to be. But mm-hmm. a lot of things we deal with, like there there has to be a solution out there. So yes. like, welcome to our pity party listeners. Sorry, <laughs> you guys just all got yes. invitations. Um, yeah. So where, where I was going with that <laughs> yeah. was that essentially I went into this because like, you know, um, the I like for terms of birth control. Uh, I think I've seen a shift recently where, you know, people are kind of straying away from the pill and the IUD has become this like mecca, you know, 99.9% effective, et cetera, et cetera, that I was like, oh, they're just going to put it in. It's going to be great. And I won't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that expectation has come crashing down. Yeah. And I love, I love it because we're just going to bring it back to unrealistic expectations or really just expectations in general. So I was listening to a talk by uh, Dr. Duncan Cross and uh, Mm -hmm. his talk is on TEDx. I love TEDx. And he was discussing this idea of ICE. So I-E-C. I think this is so applicable for women or whoever. They're doing something like with you, it's, it's your breakthrough bleeding. With me, it's my acne where we have this expectation, you know, to not be bleeding every few days and to not have mm-hmm. constant breakouts. And that's our expectation. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. And we're we're sold or told about these things that are just going to be like the be all and end all, right? Like this is going to yeah. solve all your problems. Um, you'll never have to think about this again. It's going to be great. And mm-hmm. that is the expectation that we go into when we start these things. And he was bringing it back to the idea where for ourselves as the, I'm just going to say like as the customer, just it's a little easier to differentiate and then versus the seller or mm-hmm. the, the service or product, um, it starts with ideas and there needs to be this communication of like, okay, what do I want? Like for me, I want mm-hmm. I want my skin to be clear. I want my skin to be healthy. For you, you want um, you know, your your period to regulate. You don't want to be dealing with breakthrough bleeding. Mm-hmm. Next is uh concerns. And this is what exactly what we we're just talking about right now. Like with you, you know, your concern is that you're going to have bleeding, you're gonna have headaches, um, mood swings, you know, um, you don't want to outright fertility issues. Fertility issues. For me, I'm like that's a scary one. Yeah. Like that is scary, especially, you know, getting to be the age that we are. Um mm-hmm. and then for me, you know, I have to also deal with like redness and dryness and rashes and 
um, kind of eczema-like skin yeah. from treatments, right? And, you know, my concern is like, oh, am I going to be damaging my skin or am I going to be helping it? So it's really like we need to be using these concerns to gauge, you know, is this really going to meet those concerns? And the seller needs to be thinking about it. Like in a doctor, a doctor is the perfect version of, of the seller in that, you know, okay, is what I'm recommending and what I'm saying to them, is that going to be a concern? Is that going to be a side effect that they are worried about? Um, like for me and this tetran, um, uh, tetrano, uh, well, well, yeah. <laughs> me and this cream. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm like losing, losing yes. my mind. Um, I was progressing so well and, you know, I wanted to continue getting better because I was seeing these results with um, with my supplement and working with my naturopath. And then this other doctor was just like, oh, well, this will help. Like, this will just help things progress. So I was like, great. Mm -hmm. Like, awesome. I'll have clearer skin faster. Um and where the concern was that was not voiced to me, and and also I'll admit, like I probably did not voice it myself, where it's just like, okay, we're going to give you this stuff, but it's going to make you purge and make your skin really dry, red, and itchy, and you're going to have really low self-esteem because you were doing so great, and now you're like back months and months of work. Um, mm -hmm. So that was something that was not really discussed. And yeah. so I had all this expectation because I feel like sometimes we go to like um, a professional, it doesn't matter if it's like a doctor or whatever it is, and, you know, they give us something, we're expecting those immediate results, right? Like, mm -hmm. like we want instant results, we don't want to wait, and we think this is going to be perfect, and then we either use mm -hmm. it forever and ever, right? Yeah. That didn't really happen for us. So immediately, you know, when I woke up the next morning and over the next two weeks, my skin is getting worse and worse and worse. I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what the hell happened here? I was doing great. And now I'm like, you know, can't even touch my face. Uh, that's how mm -hmm. like painful and irritated it looks. So that then leads to E, which is expectations. And because the ideas and the concerns were not really discussed and addressed. Now mm -hmm. my expectation is like completely dashed. And now I just feel yeah. really let down, right? Because yeah. it's one thing if you if you know exactly what you're going into, but it's another if you're mm -hmm. thinking like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to love it. It's going to work for me. Yeah. And it doesn't. So that's where a lot of our our, our expectations just, just don't come true. Yeah, I can relate to that, <laughs> especially when with my situation, I was actually quite hesitant to do it. Uh, and the only reason I did was because I was like, it wasn't the birth control pill. And the alternative is that I freak out every single month. Yeah. So this was the alternative and uh, it has not worked out the way that I want it to. And it makes me sad. And kind of jumping off on this is one thing that I think both you and I are learning from this process of, you know, you with your skin and me with this whatever hormonal issue is going on, is that the only thing that we can really control is our actions mm -hmm. and our reactions mm -hmm. to a circumstance. And I mean this in the way where, at least for me and for you, like we've both had hormonal stuff forever where each time somebody puts you on something and they're like, oh, just give it some time. Like give it a few months. It'll regulate. Mm -hmm. Everything will be fine. And eventually like that got to me to a point where I was so frustrated with that that I was like, you know what? No. Yeah. And I booked an appointment and I'm like, either we figure this out or get it out of my body. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the thing is it's just like, you know, it really hurts when – your expectation is dashed, but that's also the point where you're like, okay, no one is going to, especially sometimes when it comes to medical stuff, no one is going to advocate for you. Mm -hmm. You have to do it yourself because a lot of the time as women, you go in and you're like, I'm having this issue and they're like, oh, doesn't sound that serious. Keep an eye on it. Or, you know, the famous one that I've had in this situation is, oh, is it starting to kind of look better? And I'm like, 
yeah. And then they're like, okay, well, everything should be fine then. And I'm like, but it's still happening. So I think it's just about we're reacting a certain way and we are feeling discomfort. And that discomfort is what needs to urge us to change that circumstance for ourselves. Am I making sense? Yes, you are. And like a great quote I came across was expectation doesn't guarantee you anything. Oof. Right? Like, oh, that was a hard one. Bruh. That was a hard one. That's a hard one. That's a yeah. hard So like for me, like for you, your action to kind of readjust your expectations and meet the results that you are looking for was to make that appointment and be like, hey, figure it out or it's coming out and we got to do testing. Like like no one is Mm -hmm. listening to my concerns about what is actually wrong with me, right? Mm -hmm. So you're kind of going back to that concern phase of just being like, okay, there's a problem here, obviously. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Stop telling me to wait it out because obviously that's not working. And yeah, for me, I had to make that decision of like, okay, am I going to stay on the tretinoin or mm-hmm. am I going to come off? And it was a really hard decision. Like literally I was flip-flopping. I, I emailed my naturopath and had a chat with him. And he was like, honestly, he's like, I support you if you want mm-hmm. to stay on it. He's like, that is totally your decision. Um, because, you know, we are treating the root cause of your acne Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, this, yes, it's going to be hard, but this will help with like the surface level in, in the long term, And that, that really helped me change my perspective a little bit Mm -hmm. because I was just so concerned because it, if, if you've ever had to deal with like topical treatments, um, you kind of get this sense of feeling like, okay, it's working, it's working, it's working. But if I stop, is it going to stop working? And a lot of times it does, right? Because it's mm-hmm. not like that topical treatment was actually fixing, you know, what's causing the acne. And if you go back and listen to last week's episode, you can listen to us all talk about why I have acne. Um, mm-hmm. And that makes it a lot easier to rationalize when you have this um, uh, like dual perspective. And that's that's yeah. kind of what helped me make the decision to stay on the tretinoin because I was like, okay, you know what? It's maybe something I don't have to take forever. Like I am actually treating the root cause, but I need help right now to get rid of old mm-hmm. redness and um, old scarring and just really help bring everything up to the surface because that's what tretinoin does. Like I was kind of slowly getting rid of old things, but this puts it all mm-hmm. like on display at once. So it's a little hard to deal with, but at least like once the purge is done, it's done. Hopefully. <laughs> don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> raise anyone's expectations, you know? And once I decided to do that, I was like, okay, I need to research and understand from a community what has happened to other women who have been on this. So you know what? My Mm go-to was YouTube um, because I Mm -hmm. needed that visual. And I didn't want to watch videos of the women who are like, oh, my skin is like glass. It's perfect. But they had no photos of like the bad times. They were just talking about like, yeah, I Mm -hmm. use it for anti-aging because like this is what this cream can also do. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I want to see the severe purging acne and Mm – we are going to just kind of wallow together about that. And then I want to see your progress and like how happy you are that you stayed on it. And oh my mm-hmm. God, like I found those videos and I literally watched them for hours yesterday, <laughs> like nonstop <laughs> in the background. I had these videos on and I was just like, show me the pictures, show me the progress. How do you feel now? And I honestly felt so much better. And what I did is I actually went into the bathroom mirror and I took a picture so mm-hmm. I can kind of track my own journey. And I'm only going to do it once a week because I don't want to become obsessed. Mm-hmm. But it's very hard when you look at your face like 40, 50 times a day and you're just like, mm-hmm. it's still bad. Where I was thinking like, <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm going to take a picture this week. I'll take one like next Wednesday and I'll see if there's any improvement just so I can kind of have that. Picks. Yeah. Like just so I can have like that same progress and before and after. And so now Mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like I've given myself a little stepping stone here, little reference point. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the other thing, you know, I had to do was like, I'm really only purging in the places that are like my hotspots. So like on my chin and like my jaw, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. from like the cheekbones up, I'm like already noticing like my skin is getting very clear and smooth. 
just more mm-hmm. from like the tretinoin anti-aging effects. And I was just like, okay, this is a mind fuck, guys. Wait, like yeah. um, mm-hmm. I'm looking real rough on the bottom half of my face, but the upper half, like I'm looking 20. I'm looking I know I'm looking 20. <laughs> so like, as I go in the mirror, I'm like, I'm just going to like cover up. I'm just going to look at the bottom half of my face, <laughs> you know? So I have, but I have to cling to those little things, right? Like I have to be like, oh, mm-hmm. this little patch here is so smooth. Oh my God. It's so nice. I'm just like, just wait till the rest of it's like that, you know? So yes. that is my new expectation where I'm not putting a timeline on it. I'm just picking something small and being like, mm-hmm. okay, that's one step of improvement. That's good enough for today. And this isn't something I tell myself once and I'll like never say it again because I'm good. I literally tell myself this like 40 times in a day, mm-hmm. but maybe tomorrow I'll only tell myself 39 times and maybe it's 38 after that. So that oh, is good. like, yeah, that in terms of my health right now, like that is where I'm trying to manage my expectations. I hope like, I'm sure we have so many listeners who are going through something similar, like insert whatever with your body and your health. And yeah, you can just hopefully relate to that. And just, you just have to look for that one little bright thing. I love that. The new expectation I'm taking away from this situation is more of an expectation of myself. Mm -hmm. And it is to take more action to one, advocate for myself, but also put myself in situations where the healthcare provider I'm working for, or not working for, (laughs) working with, actually knows me and my body. Because you know what? The doctor, I trusted her. Like I've been with her since I was 13 years old. She should have known that if this is what the issue is, she should have known that low dose hormonal birth control options do not work for me. It's shown that twice in my experiences with her. And she just wrote a prescription, was like, this is what works for younger women. Like did not take into account, you know, like my um, history. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I also didn't go in with, I didn't go in to advocate for myself with my own history. Yeah. It's not like you went and were were asking the question. Like not that you would have known to ask questions like you're you're exactly. not a doctor but you know you didn't you didn't voice your own concerns of just being like hey you know what i've had issues with headaches in the past and and bleeding like do you think mm-hmm. this is going to come up like you know is it known for for these things is the lower dose of it going to cause issues mm-hmm. exactly and the other thing is and you kind of brought this to light yesterday is that when I was put on that estrogen balancer pill and then suddenly moved on to another brand, they didn't even see me in person. There was no testing done to figure out what was wrong. They didn't really tell me what the differences were between the pills. They didn't tell me what how to transition off of it if it wasn't working. And that's kind of the thing is, you know, it's worth the money Mm -hmm. and the time to go through that testing process instead of trying to get a quick fix. Because that's what I kind of did is I was like, I didn't have the money at the time to pay for it. So I was like, oh, okay, I've had this naturopath again for 10, 12 years. She knows me. I trust her. Yeah. When it comes to your hormones, like really when it comes to anything like with your reproductive health and that system, don't just base it off of trust is what I'm trying to – is my new expectation of myself. Yeah, like we we have the – the scientific capabilities to like narrow down if you have an imbalance in your body, let's use those systems, right? And I think when we bring it back to expectation, you would have come out and we both would have come out with completely different expectations, right? Like when it's just based on that trust one, you're just like, oh, okay, like great. Like it's kind of weird that we automatically go to this, like this has got to be great. This is what's going to work. Yet when we're actually given the details of like, okay, it might work. You might experience this, you know, things are a little bit more real to Mm -hmm. us. We, we actually like lower our expectations for a good reason, because, you know, if we are coming up with a challenge in whatever we're facing, it's just not this huge shock of just like, oh my God, you said it would work, right? Like it's more just like, oh, mm, okay, this is what's happening. Um, When I think about what I want and what I'm worried about, 
where do we need to to make a pivot to stay on that path, right? I think it's just a lot more logical of a, of a way to make a plan and deal with, with issues in your life. Exactly. So um, that was a good pity party. Ooh, okay. We- Love that for us. <laughs> can we move I on to the next can. expectation thing now? Are we good? Yes. Are we getting off our little yes. pity party soapbox? Yes. It was 33 minutes um, unedited. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> um, let us know if you also have an issue with these Please things. Please join because- our pity party, okay? I love a good like yes. public pity party. <laughs> Let's all just air yes. our grievances about various things. I'm down with that. Yes. And if anybody has this specific IUD and has had the same problems and you have figured a way out of it, please let me know what you did because that would be great to know. Shall we touch on kind of career life stuff or relationships first? Let's let's go like life. I've I've kind of got one. I'll I'll be brief with it. Um, Okay. I I feel like I'm in a good place with this. So I'm kind of going to use it as a good example of um, letting go of expectation and, and managing it. And that is actually with my riding. If anyone wants to be extremely humbled in life, ride horses <laughs> because you can be on top of the world and the next day, like your sports equipment just doesn't feel like agreeing with you and dumps you on the ground. It's yeah. really, it's really hard to have expectations, yet so easy to have expectations in riding. You know, I've been doing this for well over 20 years and I've, I've had like big wind days, you know, on, on great horses. And um, the thing is, nothing is ever the same day to day or horse to horse. So, you know, one- and the next day after <laughs> the big win, you roll into the barn and you look your horse in the eye and you're like, oh, you're, this is going to be a bad day. I know. You just know like, oh, shit, you're in a bad mood. <laughs> um, or you're wild. Oh, God, this the weather has changed. And so like, it's going to be a rough day. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, just, just quick example, you know, I, my last competitive horse that I had was, was a fabulous horse. You know, we had built a relationship over years and she was incredible. She was a heart horse to me. And then, um, she was retired and mm-hmm. now I have a new horse and he is younger. And so really you, you have to let go of any expectation because, you know, one day I was jumping really big jumps and in, in competitions and, and, you know, winning and, and all that. And now I'm on a completely different horse. He's a brand new partner for me mm-hmm. with a uh, different attitude, personality, skill set, and I'm rebuilding this relationship. I'm really, I'm creating a new relationship, right? So mm-hmm. what used to be big jumps are now little jumps. And what used to be like, oh, let's walk in the ring and do our job is now like, hey, he needs to learn how to horse show. So this is where like riding has been a very good practice of managing expectations yeah. because, you know, like I said, it every day is a little bit different. And as I've transitioned from like a junior rider to an amateur rider, I've really had to change my mindset because, you know, as a junior, you want to be competitive. You want to be the best and all that. And now as an amateur, I'm just like, you know what? We went out today. We didn't die. It's a good day, <laughs> you know, where I did not fall down yeah, like, and my hip is still intact. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's kind of, it's kind of funny when I think back to how I used to be, where some of the rides I have now, I have some pretty bumpy moments. You know, I've got a greener horse. He's incredibly intelligent um, and I need to keep up with him sometimes. And times when I would have been really frustrated by that because I would have wanted to have this like control and it needs to be perfect. Now I'm just like, hey, we made a margin of improvement. I, (laughs) it made my day, you know, like I could not stop Mm -hmm. telling people about it. Like I'm like, I cantered my horse and he was balanced, you know, like (laughs) I cantered my horse in a circle and he bent properly. <laughs> I was just like smiling. I was like so excited. And then, you know, I jumped a jump and he was soft. And I was just like, oh, you are the best horse in the world. You know, like, mm-hmm. and, like I jump one jump, right? <laughs> um, so 
that is where two foot three. <laughs> yeah, like literally, I was just like, oh, it's just off the ground. But he was fabulous, and like, you know, did we jump a whole course? No, but man, that one jump was incredible. And these are now the moments I live for um, <laughs> as an as an adult amateur rider. <laughs> If any, if any horse mm-hmm. people are listening, they know life is very different from a junior to a amateur rider. And um, yeah, so that's just kind of where expectation doesn't guarantee you a thing. And really, mm-hmm. you have to let go of it. I think especially as we get older and we just, we have to remember that we do these things for enjoyment, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I genuinely love to ride horses. I love to be around horses. And chances are I'm not going to the Olympics. All right. I've yeah. I've made my peace with that a long time ago. <laughs> and um and I was listening to a really great talk by um Sarah Hoffland. She is a gold medalist at the Olympics for freestyle skiing. And mm-hmm. she won the gold medal at like age 28, which is fairly old for a skier. And she only started freestyle skiing when she was 21, which is also pretty old to be starting a ski career. And Mm -hmm. I just saw myself so much in her. And literally, she was just like, expect less, you know, go Mm -hmm. out there because it's fun. And you just need to have fun, be smart, and do it because it makes you happy. So, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And that's what I really love because, like, her whole philosophy was just, you know, people were asking her, what's next? Like, you've already won the Olympic gold. Are you going to do it again? And she's like, you know what's really great? I want to learn how to do this trick. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like she just would completely brush it off of um, what competition she was going to win. And she just truly focused on her joy of skiing. And, and that's where I want to keep relating to someone like that of just like, man, I just, I am so happy with what I just accomplished. So I know how to jump big jumps. I've done it for many years, but now, you know, I'm an older rider. I do this because I love to do it. I'm riding a younger horse and I have to break down those things where like, I'm not trying to go into the ring and be perfect and and win. I'm just being like, you know what? We're we're working on this one thing right now. Like that, if I can mm-hmm. achieve that one thing, it has been a good day. So I think that's such an important mindset. And her whole philosophy was just like, find something you love, work harder at it, and lower your expectations. And I'm just like, that is the most adult-friendly quote I've ever heard. So mm-hmm. that's like just my new mantra. And it doesn't mean like I don't want to be successful. Of course I want to be successful, but that's not going to be my goal. My goal is not going to be to, yeah. to be successful. I'm just going to focus on small things and then together that is the success. Mic drop. Thank you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> she is also on the okay. TEDx YouTube channel. I love TEDx. I don't know if anyone else listens to it. I love them. I do enjoy yes. a good a good viewing every once yeah. in a while. I'll, I'll rhyme off okay. all the names I watched over expectations because, you know, definitely for this episode tonight, we are not coming from a place of knowledge. We actually had to go no. out and be like, we need to learn. And like, as I'm watching all these great speakers, I'm just like writing down tips. I'm like, I, I really need to do this. <laughs> well, I'm the queen of unrealistic ex- expectations. Like, just wait. Yeah. All right. I'll just drop some bombs. Awesome. All right, so we're going to stay in the life realm here, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk about my stint of wanting to go to law school, and what I want you to think about as I tell this story is detaching yourself from the outcome of something that, you know, it's schooling or a career change, something that could change, like will change the trajectory of your life, right? Like a big life event. And as I was kind of thinking about this, it really, what I'm about to say kind of summarizes that whole cheesy thing of life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) Right? So I, and kind of like a way that I was thinking about it is like detaching yourself from the outcome by not identifying yourself, by not attaching your identity to the outcome of something. Yeah. So when I decided to apply to law school, I was not in a happy place. So for me, when I made that decision, it was like, I need to change 
my life, right? I wasn't happy in my job. I wasn't happy where I was living, all this stuff. So I was just like, okay, well, this is the way out. So I put everything into it, you know, and over time, this idea that law school was going to be what changed my life really took hold of me to a point where like I was obsessed over it. Mm-hmm. Like everything I did, like I tried to put so much positive energy that way. I spent forever studying for the LSAT. I spent so much time on my like applications, all of this stuff. And then the application process was over and it was just me and my thoughts. And I found that I was kind of going through the motions of life a year ahead. Like life was happening, but my brain was like, but next September I'll be in law school, right? Yeah. I was living life that way. And during that period of time where I was not paying attention to what was going on, I worked a really fun job that completely changed my perspective on my professional capabilities and just reminded me that I'm a smart person. which is huge. I finally found the relationship that I've been waiting for. And I just fell into the job that I am currently doing that is very fulfilling. And the career path that it's presenting to me is probably going to get me to a similar place that becoming a lawyer would have done, just probably a lot faster. And all of that happened while I was focusing on something else. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? (laughs) I didn't even realize that it was happening. And even like there's this one hike that I went on with my boyfriend when we just started dating where he kind of very sweetly told me to give my head a shake because I was just like, you know, if I I don't get into law school, like what was all this for, et cetera? And he was just like raising his hand like, hi, I mean, I think that this is a pretty good thing going on (laughs) in your life. And I was just like, you're right. And what I'm trying to say with this is that, you know what, like every step that you take that in some way is moving your life forward, whether or not it works out, you're still taking those steps forward. Something you are moving forward in some way. And that's great. You know, I did not go to law school, but my life is entirely different from the day that I decided to apply. Yeah. Right. It was that decision to take a step forward and make my life better that I put that energy out there and my life is better. It just doesn't look the way that I thought it was going to because of the fact that I was looking for a feeling, not something physical out in the world. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, no, you definitely highlighted a lot of good points there Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of us get – Especially when we're young, you know, we we map out our lives and mm-hmm. we're like, this is exactly how it's going to go and this is how it's going to mm-hmm. turn out, you know, like um, – and then we're so disappointed when, when it doesn't happen. But for you, you know, you kind of s- slow – like I know you struggled with it, but then you slowly started to detach yourself from mm-hmm. that expectation of like, okay, this is how I'm going to feel when I am in law school and this is what my life is going to be. And then mm-hmm. you were able to find your happiness and and realize a path exactly. that you never thought you would be on. And like, I think for the most part, you pretty, seem pretty happy on that path. So I, um, <laughs> good thing you didn't go to law school. I get to work with you like every day. Yeah. So, you know, it just warms my heart. It's great. I have a great time. But kind of an example of something that's different now is um, I'm – going to venture into going after my CPA designation, but there are some prerequisite classes that I have to do before I can enter into the educational side of that. So I applied for this course that's like a year and a half-ish that would get me those classes. And I remember like I kind of like even getting the acceptance for it, I was just like, oh, cool. You know, I didn't latch on to it where I was like, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to die, you know, and it's a completely different experience. And I think that is just a lesson that I learned over the last two years is like life moves forward regardless and what is meant for you will find you and it kind of just falls into your lap and really like the expectation that I put on law school and that outcome was just causing more harm 
than giving me good, you know, because I, I self-identified with it in a way where, you know, not being accepted because it was a really difficult year to get accepted. Some people I know that are much smarter than me didn't even get in, but I was just like, oh, well, I must be stupid or I must not be like worth the law education. And it's just like, no, you just had a tough crowd to compete with. Yeah. But with that self-identification, you are just like, oh my God, I'm just down in the dumps. <laughs> and that that is a danger of unrealistic expectations, guys. So, you know, have like an expectation of how you want to feel. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm trying to say. And another great speaker I was listening to, which falls perfectly into what you're saying here, was Nat Ware. And he was discussing the expectation gap. And it was the idea of when expectations exceed reality, right? Like what realistically are the odds of law school for anyone or or whatever someone is pursuing that is going to be as great as you've made it up to be in your mind, right? Like very low odds that anything Mm -hmm. would be that great because our minds are so great at putting Sarah's scenarios together, right? Like what if I did get there and I hated yeah. it? Yeah. Like then how would you feel? Oh my God, you would- That would be bad. That would be awful. Um, and the thing is the, the amount of expectation you were putting on towards that life, even if, if you did get there, you know, reality never would have been able to live up to it. You know, like there was just no, no way because you were going for that um, Elle Woods moment <laughs> right yes yes I was yes I was I was like I'm gonna meet my what's his name not Warren Huntington the third I'm like I'm gonna bring my rabbit I'm gonna be really successful in law school and I'm gonna get the cute boyfriend I can't remember his name sorry yeah. oh my god I'm drawing a blank as well Emmett Emmett <laughs> yes Emmett I was gonna find my Emmett and then um I found someone else who was much more perfect so yes that's true we're all good that's true and just we're on this good. note a little bit of um, that expectation exceeding what reality possibly could deliver. Technology has been absolutely detrimental to our happiness mm-hmm. and and dashing our expectations because of anything that is photoshopped. And one thing I was watching was, you know, travel destinations, some of the most beautiful and um, most well-known travel destinations in the world, like the Taj Mahal. Um, you see pictures of it and there's no one around. It's quiet. It's pristine. But when you actually see a real photo of it that's not been photoshopped or planned out and or you're just standing there right in front of it, like there's hundreds of people around, mm-hmm. right? So it's just technology has really kind of raised our expectations. And then when we get to places that we've been like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm finally here. You're like, oh, this is it, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the world, the world is not photoshopped in real life. And, um, nope. and, and someone was saying that, you know, it's, it's those things that you stumble across, a stumble upon, sorry, that are usually the most beautiful to you. And even in like life, right? Like you stumbled into that relationship, you stumbled into that job that led you to where you are now mm-hmm. and you never expected that. And yet it's everything yeah. to you. Right? Mm-hmm. So. Just going to tear up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a very emotional night. <laughs> All right, I guys. Know, I'm just like, i just like, oh my God, are our periods coming? Probably. <laughs> Something going on. You know what? Something's going on. I was on. listening to uh, Natalie's The Doorway. If anyone listens to that podcast, she does like a monthly um, oh, yeah. uh, energy forecast. And I just listened to April and it was called The Break. <laughs> Yeah, I think I quoted it to you today where I was just like, she just says, we're breaking open this month. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) See, when I first saw it, I saw it on Instagram where she's like, this month's energy theme is the break. And I was just like, oh, we're going to get a break. That's what I thought. No, 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 we're not getting a break. It's just going to be. We're literally broken. (laughs) We are just going to cry. We are breaking open. Um, Yes, but. Speaking on relationships, shall we get into unrealistic expectations and those? Because I have something I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Are we just going to drag ourselves through the mud here? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. I'm ready to go down there. <laughs> uh, our boyfriends are not allowed to listen to this episode. No. As we drag ourselves through the mud. They will never 
let us live it down. They'll be like, see, no, we're not as crazy and bad as you make us seem. Yes, <laughs> admitting our flaws. I never. <laughs> I mean, never. But a great way, guys, to manage unrealistic expectations in relationships, especially romantic ones, is to conti- continuously catch yourself on your double standards. <laughs> because I have many. I have many. Um, <laughs> one perfect example is when, uh, you know, I put my coffee mug into the sink and do not make the effort to put it in the dishwasher. But if he does it, oh. <laughs> I'll like, I'll just, I'll look at the mug and I'll be like, D- is it, why is it, why is it not in the, in, in the dishwasher? It's, it's right there. It's sitting it's right, right next there. to my mug in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you put my mug and your mug in the dishwasher? First of all, how dare you? Um, Yeah, so there's that. Um, But essentially, what I'm trying to say is um, something that I've had to practice lately, and I'm not very good at it at all, is um, if I, one, I'm asking my partner to do something, or a friend as well, like if I'm asking someone to do something for me, or, you know, there's a expectation that I have around communication or how I want to be treated, et cetera, et cetera. I have to, I've been trying to practice like looking at myself and being like, okay, am I, am I doing that? Mm-hmm. Or am I giving this person what I'm demanding of them? And if the answer is no, I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to work on some growth. Yeah. I love that you brought up the yeah. coffee mug because as we speak, I'm looking at my boyfriend's pile of laundry and you know, it's just oh. irking me. And yet, didn't you just clean that? I put it in a laundry basket, but now it's it's made its way back onto the floor. I don't know what happened. Good, and yet, good, to good. my right, I'm looking at my pile of laundry on the floor. It's fine. <laughs> oh, it can be there. It's fine. But his his pile cannot be there. <laughs> okay, you want to know a funny story? You want to know a funny story? Sure. So. My boyfriend has this tendency when we're watching a movie or something at night that just slowly over time, he just peels his socks off. Oh, that's weird. And we'll just put them on the couch okay, or the floor and he'll just leave them there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one time, um, I don't know why, but I, I wound up taking my socks off and I put them on the couch. You would think that I committed a crime. <laughs> he looked over at me and he was just pointing and he was just like, what? What is that? Is that a sock on the couch for longer than one second? Rachel, how dare you? And I was just like, okay, but the thing is, is that you leave them there. <laughs> um, so yeah, he called me out hardcore. But the thing is, is I'm like, well, my socks are small and they don't smell as bad. So it's clearly not. It's clearly not a me problem. <laughs> It's clearly a different situation. And then I I cleaned up my socks. But um, yeah. Yeah. So this is this is what I have said to my boyfriend (laughs) because this happened just last night, actually. Um, He was scrolling on Reddit and I don't know, we came across this like clip of um, this father to be and like he was just like, oh, I wanted to be supportive of my wife. So I put on the baby weight with her and he had like really like he let his hair grow long and I don't know it was this whole thing and um my boyfriend had really long hair through COVID and like you know it just just wasn't wasn't a look good look it just wasn't the best it look. was rather long yeah just just wasn't you know yeah a good look and he goes like Laura how come he's allowed to grow his hair long <laughs> and I was just like Oh, well, you know, it's it's an okay look for him. He's like, well, how come I have to keep my hair cut short and nice and trimmed? I'm just like, because, darling, I just want the best for you. <laughs> okay, see, he my just boyfriend and your off. boyfriend, my boyfriend and your boyfriend have the opposite problem <laughs> where I have to convince him not to buzz his head on like a weekly basis. Oh, that's so funny. He's just like, I want a buzz cut. And I'm just like, honey, I have seen a picture of you with a buzz cut. It's not a good look. I know, right? We just want the best for them, okay? I'm sorry we have double standards, and, and he's, but we just want I know, the best. and he's like, it looks good. He's like, it looked good. And I'm just like, sure. <laughs> sure it okay. did. I'm just like, I, I'm like, honey, just let me continue to cut your hair. I promise you'll look great. 
<laughs> oh god yeah i um i really don't have much to say here other than the fact that this is something that i am terrible at we're still a work in it. progress i think on the double standard side um we cannot put our expectations onto someone else right like yes. i think you and i are both just notorious for doing mm-hmm. that because i think maybe in our lives people have put their expectations on on us Hot I definitely date. have actually had that experience where yeah. I'm just like, I want to do it this way. And everyone's just like, no, do it this way. We're going to do it this way. Yeah. And I, in turn, do the same thing to other people. Um, mm-hmm. So I am – because because really, I think the foundation of it is like we truly want the best for someone. Like mm-hmm. I have never gone to someone with the expectation that like I want you to fail. Like no. Like that's just – that's a horrible thing to do. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I just – I want you to be all you can be. Right, but I think sometimes the way we go about it, it's a little aggressive, and just like a little, yeah. Bit. And I'm sure for like the person on the receiving side, it's kind of like eggshells, right? You're just like, you know, oh, am I doing it right? Are they gonna approve? Am I gonna lose their love? I, you know, like I feel really attacked. I know. I'm now. sorry. I've, I'm just feeling like, wow, we can really <laughs> mind fuck someone real easy with our just like subtle little hints of, of laundry. Um, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> We better, we better work like on I that one, Rachel. Go, I feel like I need to go apologize. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I need to stop doing the pointing thing. Yeah. So it's it's hard because we actually – like to us, we are doing it from a place of love. But like that's not really fair to that person because maybe that's not what they want. And then in turn, mm-hmm. like we're also letting our own expectations down because we're just like, oh, I want this person to be this when they're never going to be that, right? Like that's just not them. And I think sometimes we also like build someone up in our head of how it's going to Mm -hmm. be. And then we're extremely let down when it's just like not so much the catfish thing, but when like, you know, the real deal comes out and you're just like, oh, okay, that's not what I thought this was going to be. This does not match the script that I made in my head while I was going to sleep last night. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why um, this is going down a completely different path now. But I think that's why a lot of relationships maybe don't work out nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a whole other thing where it's kind of like that that dating without the commitment deal. I've been, yeah. That's been flying around a lot lately. Maybe we have to. I don't even. I don't even know. It's like the situationship thing. Um, we could do a whole episode probably on could. that, except it would be like one point. Yeah, because I, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like it goes hand in hand with like we're building our expectations up, and then when they're not met, we're just like, okay, well, I'm out, right? But like, mm-hmm. we're gonna maybe be stuck in a continuous cycle that way. Yeah, because you keep trying to strive for this expect- expectation of of other people. And they keep letting you down and like, oh my gosh, that's a pretty fast way to get bitter, in my opinion. Yes. Right? Yes. And another – I'm just going to actually throw this back to something that you said in one of our very, very early episodes, but it's been sticking with me lately. Mm-hmm. And that is similar to what you're talking about here. And it's, you know um, – so you said it in this way where you said, you know, I'm allowed to have a bad day, mm-hmm. but they're not. Yes. Oh my you God, know? yeah. And it's just like – It's that unrealistic expectation of like, I can act however I want, but the second you do it, I don't like it. Yes. Because, and I think at least for me, that comes from a place of like, you know, I like harmony Mm -hmm. around me. So, you know, I I can be, I can be in a terrible mood, but like everyone around me has to be feeling good. So then if like, you know, my partner is going, having a bad day or like, say like, I'm talking to you and you're having a rough day or something. I'm kind of like, uh, but let's all feel good. I know. Kumbaya. Paula, kumbaya. <laughs> kumbaya. Let's all be happy. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is especially, you know, like it does happen in friendships sometimes, but I feel like with your friend, you're almost like more inclined to be like, okay, let's sit on the couch and talk it out. Yeah. Sort of thing where when, especially if you live with them, with your partner, you're kind of just like, why aren't you happy right Yeah, now? it's kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know why that is, but I'm definitely I'm definitely different if you are having a bad day versus if my boyfriend is. Oh, I'm totally the same cuz I could just like like I know when you're both having a bad day. But for you, I'm just mm-hmm. like, "Hey, 
what's going on? Do we need to talk about it? Like, and then with like, yeah, I'm like with a guy, I'm just like, what's wrong? And they're like, nothing. And I'm like, well, clearly. (laughs) I don't know. Well, maybe. A new approach, maybe. Maybe part of that issue though, and maybe we we would actually need to talk to them about this, but I wonder if part of that problem is like both of us date men Mm -hmm. is because, you know, we talk a lot about societal expectations put on women but we were also conditioned as women to be like men don't ha- don't cry true or men like, don't yeah like men were feelings in the way to not open up exactly and then we were conditioned to be like m- men don't have emotions mm-hmm. so i wonder if that impatience that we have in those circumstances is because of the fact where we're like it's not matching what we were raised to believe that's true that could definitely be a culprit there. Wow. So many eye-opening Ooh. moments today. Wow. Wow. I'm doing a lot with my hands while I'm recording <laughs> this. I know you can't see me, but I'm like, I feel like we're getting somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if this episode makes sense, but I feel like we could all learn something from this. Well, we went with the intention of expectations. <laughs> That's where I know yes, we started. And uh, Don't give us unrealistic expectations, Yeah, guys. please. Please lower your expectations of this show. We are doing our best. <laughs> That's what this whole episode was about, was to bring us to this spot where we say, so please have low expectations. <laughs> we're low budget. We're not We're not masters of much. <laughs> we still have the same $100 microphone. Hey, these are great microphones. Don't, don't knock the they microphones. Are. They are. Um, oh, I love my microphone. She's great. Excellent. Um, yeah. So kind of the last thing I wanted to dive in onto relationships, though, is almost that like expectation that you have to do everything together. And that kind of just goes off of what you were just saying of just like that expectation Mm -hmm. of everything has to be happy all the time, right? Which that's just not real life. I mean, Mm -hmm. no one's happy every day. And um, it's important that, you know, you still live your own life, have your own Mm -hmm. money, go on trips by yourself, hang out with your own friends, let your partner hang out with their own friends and go on a trip without you. You know, it's all kind of also goes back to that double standard, right? Where, you know, maybe someone in the relationship is fine if they go out to the bar and their partner stays mm-hmm. home. But if their partner goes out, you're just like, hey, why are you doing that, right? I always tie it back to, um, and this was a big thing that I noticed in university where like girls would have a lot of guy friends, mm-hmm. but they would be pissed if their boyfriend was friends with girls. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's totally you know, And it's just kind thing, of right? like, yeah. And I've had to have that conversation with people before where I'm just like, okay, but you're just telling him not to hang out with his friends who are girls, but he would never ask, like maybe he would ask that of you, but you're not doing it. Right. You wouldn't even think to do that. Like you would actually refuse to do it. So that's, that's definitely a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the, the base of our expectations in relationships is like really that double standard, right? Like Yeah. And you can have expectations for yourself, obviously, in moderation, but for other people, you cannot manage those. Like you are not that person. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. It's just like how other people might have expectations for you. And then when you don't live up to them, you're supposed to feel bad about that. Like, come on now. Yeah. And yeah. you can express your desires for what you want. Absolutely. That is part of, oh, it's, that is part of a relationship yeah. and that's part of figuring out if your relationship will work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's something that doesn't come naturally to them, it's it more becomes about are they trying versus are they perfectly doing this one random thing yeah. I asked of them yeah. constantly. Like humans make mistakes. Humans slip up. Mm-hmm. That's normal. I slip up all the time and I'm sure we all do. Oh, yeah. Putting the expectation that the person that you are – is your partner and you're living with, putting that expectation that they are perfect and don't make any mistakes ever is, like, very unfounded. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to yeah. get very far with that one. Yeah. And and I think just to wrap up this conversation in general about expectations, like, yes, we need to let go of expectations. We need to lower our expectations or at least just think about them in a way like, is this what reality can actually deliver? You know, let's Mm -hmm. not get into that wishy-washy of like, wow, this is like a fairy dreamland because then you're just guaranteed to be let down, you know, (laughs) like that's just setting yourself up for failure. And we're not trying to say like we shouldn't dream, we shouldn't set goals, we shouldn't, you know, 
be excited about things. Of course we should be. But we just need to be understanding of, you know, we are not tied to those expectations. You know, we're not any lesser of a person if we don't meet them. And if our expectations change, that's fine. Because I think a lot of people, you know, um, if you were planning on being a doctor your whole life and you told everyone that, and then maybe you got there and you're like, you know what, this ain't for me. You know, you shouldn't feel bad mm-hmm. that you have a new dream now, right? Like, I don't know. I think we just need to be fluid mm-hmm. and just take things one step at a time. Mic drop number two. No problem. <laughs> I can give you like problem. an infuser drop. Oh, that sounds really weird. Sorry, my tea is drinking. That sounds really weird. Um, all right. Shall go. we stop? Shall we stop uh, talking our poor listeners' ears off? Yeah. Sorry, guys. We, we don't know where this episode came from. Um, we hope you we enjoyed it. I hope you got emotional. something out of it. Maybe we said like one insightful thing that made your day or or you can relate yes. to our to our woes and join our pity party. Um, yes. That's, that's kind of all we have for for expectations um i for one am super excited about next week's episode oh Oh. yeah that's gonna be fun that's gonna be some research though oh my goodness okay so just just to give a hint miranda Priestley might be coming up a lot in it (sighs) my idol i know my idol too i know maybe i'll watch that movie yeah, just for for research. For research. <laughs> for research purposes, yes. All right. So if you could please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and a five-star rating on Spotify, that would be wonderful because, um, yeah, we we love little shout-outs. Yeah. We're not desperate. <laughs> We're not desperate. Don't, don't lie, Rachel. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have any closing words or are we good to go? No, I think that's our, Oh, I did just want to give a shout out to all the different TED Talks that I kind of referenced oh, tonight yes. because yes. I really did enjoy watching them. They were super fast. I think all of them were like 10 minutes or less. Um, so there was Dr. Duncan Cross with ICE, that is Ideas, Concerns, Expectations. There was Heather Marshall with Expectations Don't Guarantee You a Thing. Um, mm-hmm. there was also Nat Ware with the expectation gap, um, when expectations exceed reality. And then finally, one of my favorites was Sarah Hofflin, who was the Olympic freestyle skier. She just says that, you know, you got to have fun, be smart and do it because it makes you happy. And with that, live like tea. Live like tea. <laughs>